Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslander. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on March 27, 2022. I want to talk to you about a word. I want you to listen to the word. Repetition. Repetition. Repetition is done for emphasis. Repetition stresses importance. Repetition can be done in slightly different words and with different stories, but repetition helps drive a point home. Repetition is done for emphasis. Repetition stresses importance. And that's a big part of what Luke is doing in his gospel as we get to Luke chapter 5. The stories that he tells us about Jesus reinforce and repeat. And as we continue our study, you'll see one story after another repeats the same truths about Jesus that we need to know. And so the themes I'm going to talk about today aren't new to us, and we won't see them just once. They will be repeated constantly by Jesus and recorded by Luke. And these actions and these themes were repeated so often because that's who Jesus is. This is how he thinks. This is what he says. This is how he lives. And the things we'll talk about today form the very core of Jesus's character. And I'll tell you ahead of time, if we want to follow Jesus... And that's who we claim we are, Christians, believers, followers of Jesus. Then these themes and these actions must become the core of our character as well. So as we study these things about Jesus, ask yourself, is this also true of me? I say I follow Jesus, and if it's true of him, then it should be true of me. Is that so? And so today we're going to see in our reading, Luke 5, 12 through 26, Two times that Jesus healed a man with some special needs and hurts. They were different, but very real. And I want us to understand these things, and not just the stories, but the heart behind the stories. So let's stand together as we read Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. You probably know these stories if you've been in church or Sunday school because they're two very commonly told stories about Jesus. But let's think about them. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. 
When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. You may be seated. And as I said, these are great stories, but I want you to know more than just the stories. They reveal the heart of Jesus, who he is, how he thinks, his attitude, his character. And since he is God, they reveal to us God's heart. So let's make sure these things also represent us. I want to give you four truths today, four statements that are true of Jesus revealed in these stories and that should also be true of his followers. And Luke could not be more obvious in the first one. He presents a very strong case that love for all people and especially the hurting is the heart of who Jesus is. Now understand, we're in Luke 5 as we go through this book. This is really only the second chapter of the ministry of Jesus. For the first three chapters tell of his, his birth and his childhood and his baptism and his background. So we're only into the second chapter talking about the ministry of Jesus. But think through of all the things that have happened already or been said already just in Luke chapter 4 and 5. Jesus said that he came to preach good news to the poor. He said he came to proclaim freedom for prisoners. He said he came to offer recovery of sight for the blind. He said he came to set the oppressed free. He cast a demon out of what we would call a crazy man, a demoniac, in the synagogue. He healed a mother-in-law. He healed a multitude of sick in Capernaum. He cast demons out of a multitude of demon-possessed people in Capernaum. He called four fishermen to follow him. He healed a man in this passage with leprosy. He healed a paralyzed man in this passage. We will read of him next week calling a tax collector the lowest possible rung in Jewish society to follow him. And we will hear criticism of him because he went to a banquet with tax collectors and sinners. All of that in just two chapters if repetition drives a point, then Luke is hitting us over the head with Jesus' love, especially for hurting people. So who are the hurting people today? You know them. But I could give you a whole long list of them. The hungry, the homeless, refugees from Ukraine or Honduras, cancer patients, inner city teens, the crippled, Prisoners, special need families, those with mental health challenges, 
racial minorities. And I want you to understand, they're all around us. And those are the ones, though Jesus loves all people, that's where he focused his heart on those who needed his love the most. Now let me further drive this home by pointing out two issues from the text here. I want you to understand something that the Pharisees never understood. And that is, to Jesus, love is more important than law. Now, there were two major legal violations in the first story, the story of the leper here. A leper in Jesus' day had to either live by himself or what most of them did. They moved out of town and lived in leper colonies when everybody, except maybe a few caregivers, had leprosy. And that's where they were pretty much destined to live and to die. And if they did come into town in order to let people know they were contagious, they had to yell, unclean, 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 meaning contagious, contagious, back away, contagious, back away, and then people would back off. This man approached Jesus directly. An absolute violation of the law. And then in an even bigger violation of Jewish law, Jesus reached out and touched him. Communicating very directly with his words and with his actions that love is more important than law because love is the greatest law. Now, he wasn't showing contempt for the law. Because then he told the man, now follow the law. Do what you need to do. Go to a priest. Give the sacrifices that are necessary because a priest has to be the one to declare that you are clean and can come move back into town. So it wasn't contempt for the law. It was saying love is greater even than the law. And Jesus constantly lived this and taught this much, if you've read the New Testament, to the frustration of the Pharisees. He fed hungry disciples in the next chapter, chapter 6, in violation of Sabbath law. He accepted praise from a sinner in violation of Pharisaical law in chapter 7. He healed a crippled woman in chapter 13 in violation of the Sabbath law, and he did so again to a man in chapter 14, constantly teaching and showing that love is the greatest law. And he didn't just proclaim it. He lived it on an everyday basis. And the second thing that Jesus showed in regards to this love is, love is greater than fame. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone, he said. Today, and you see it all the time, when an athlete or a performer or politician or businessman does a good deed. He usually does so with a press conference, a press release, a videographer, a photographer, and a social media marketer. I mean, we see it all the time. You know, someone famous goes to Phoenix Children's Hospital and they got an entourage of people, you know, showing everything that they, they, they did. Jesus was the opposite. Don't tell anyone. 
because he didn't do acts of love for fame. He did acts of love because he cared for people. He healed because he loved those who needed healing. He healed the leper. He healed the paralyzed man. We will see this repeated throughout the Gospel of Luke. Jesus showed that love is the greatest thing. Not the fame that might result from it, but love itself. So the heart of Jesus is to love people and especially hurting people. And of Avondale Baptist Church, if we want to be real and not just say that we love God, love people, and follow Jesus, then love for all and especially hurting people needs to be a big part of what we do. Not just occasionally like at Christmas time. Has to be regular. This is who we are. This is how we operate. This is what we do. We love people, especially hurting people. That's who Jesus was, and that's who his people need to be. Do you know their names? The hurting people? How about William with seizures? Dawn in our homeless ministry. Homeless and now carless. Monica in our neighborhood raising a granddaughter. Luis, who comes in almost daily for a brown bag lunch. Martin, unemployed, maybe unemployable due to some mental health issues. Svetlana, a refugee from Ukraine that I saw in a hospital bed on TV. Juana and Liliana, a mother and daughter we met when we helped refugees from Guatemala. Jorge, who struggles with an addiction and has come clean only to fall, has come clean only to fall multiple times. A family who comes to church occasionally with special needs children. Hurting people are all around us. And if Avondale Baptist Church wants to be real and not just a religious club, then we need to adopt this truth of Jesus. Love for all people focused especially on those who need it the most. Now, I spent most of my time on that point, but there's a couple other things I want to show you here about Jesus, things that are repeated constantly in Luke, and we've already seen these. The second thing that I want you to see is that prayer is necessary for spiritual success. Did you notice this? We've already seen it once before. As the pressure and demands on Jesus' grew, as people found out, hey, he really does care, he really does love, he really does heal, he really does give truth that we need, and people began to flock to him, then, like verse 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I'm going to get away from people. I'm going to get away from demands. I'm going to get away from the pressure and spend some time talking to God. Because he couldn't be Jesus without 
constant infusions of God's Spirit. He couldn't focus on his task without first focusing intensely on God. He couldn't overcome temptation without constant guidance from God. He couldn't show constant love, nor can we, without coming into regular contact with a loving God. And so I want to remind you of something we talked about regularly, even for Jesus. And if it was true of Jesus, how much more is it true of me if Jesus needed constant time with God and he is God, how much more does Jack, who is not God, and you all know that, need time with God, or do you? So he did what we need to do. He stopped, got out of the rat race, and he prayed. Hey, I want to tell you something we're doing in our church. We are, we are working hard to take a, a, make a renewed effort to reinvent our Wednesday evenings to include two things that are of high importance to church health, fellowship and prayer. So beginning on, on April 20th, we're going to go back to something we used to do. It's very effective. We're going to offer an inexpensive Wednesday meal. By the way, the first night, April 20th, we're offering free tacos. Okay, am I trying to bribe you to come to prayer meeting? Absolutely. But, but... Only because I think it will help you and help the church if you come. And I want you to see that on the first night. And so we will, right around the tables, not a separate meeting. We're not separating preschool children, youth, adults, choir members. Right around the tables after we eat, we're going to spend some time in prayer. And then we'll go to our classes. Because prayer is absolutely necessary for spiritual success by an individual, by a family, or for a church third thing I wanted to see in these stories is that faith, now don't forget the second part, faith that leads to action changes lives. I admire the four men in the story. They had faith to believe that Jesus could heal a paralyzed man. Their faith led them to carry the man to Jesus. And when their access to Jesus was cut off, because so many people crowded the house and they couldn't get in. They went in through the roof to lower the man directly in front of Jesus. Now, I have a very practical mind that didn't help me much in studying this, because I'm thinking, what a mess. <laughs> Who's going to pay for this? Who's going to clean it up? But Jesus showed us that men are more important than roofs. Love is more important than a house. The faith of the four was more impressive to Jesus than anything else he had seen on that day. As a matter of fact, faith and love that leads to action may be the most potent force other than God himself on earth. For faith and love that leads to action not just proclaiming it, not just saying it, not just holding it in your head. Faith that leads to action changes lives. And that's why we do much of what we do in our church. We have faith that God changes lives and our love for people around us leads us to action. Our brown bag ministry, we give a brown bag to anybody who comes when we're here a lunch. I want to tell you something. It's kind of a pain sometimes because you can feed people. We haven't successfully been able to teach them to clean up after themselves. 
and so it causes a mess, but we do it. Because faith and love leads to action, and that changes lives. Housing homeless people on our property. Frankly, I'll tell you, it scares some people away. I don't want to go to church with homeless people hanging around. But we have successfully seen that faith and love that leads to action changes lives. Our basketball ministry takes hundreds of volunteer hours, and the constant frustration of players, coaches, and parents who know a whole lot more than the referees, at least self-proclaimed. <laughs> Mission of Mercy means a lot of volunteer work that goes way above and beyond what typical churches do. And our renewed focus on special needs will take work, but we will do it because faith that leads to action based on love changes lives. Number four. And I want you to see this. Jesus has the authority and the compassion to forgive. And I really love the way that Jesus drove this point home. When the man was lowered in front of him and Jesus saw the faith of the four. And he said to the paralyzed man. And notice what he said first. Friend, your sins are forgiven. Because for all of us, our sin and our separation from God is our biggest issue. And Jesus took care of that, knowing full well what he was going to do next. Now, this infuriated the Pharisees, who thought, correctly, I might add, that only God can forgive sin. But Jesus had set the stage to do three things. Number one, to forgive the man's sin. Number two, to heal him. And then number three, to show through those things that he was and he is God. So, so understand what, what Jesus was saying. Hey, I know what you're thinking. It's easy to say your sins are forgiven because that's an internal thing and you can't really see it. It's much harder to say, get up and walk. But I want you to see that I have the power to do both. The power to heal is impressive, but temporary. The power to forgive is eternal. And so Jesus said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately the man did what Jesus told him to do with the added notation that he praised God all the way home. You and I have physical issues. We most likely have mental and social and emotional issues as well. But our biggest issue is the reality that our sin separates us from God. And Jesus here proved that he has the authority and the compassion to forgive us of our sin and put us in a right relationship with God. I am not a perfect man, and you know that, but I am a forgiven man because of Jesus. And so we see all these, these, these points all the way through Luke. They're going to be repeated. We're going to hear them again. We're going to see them again. We're going to talk about them again because that's who Jesus is. He loves people. Faith impresses him. He, he, he has the authority and compassion 
to forgive. He needs and he taught us that we need prayer. So we'll see these all the way through the Gospel of Luke. What do we do about them? I want to ask you to do three things. Number one, accept God's forgiveness. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, one of the greatest things that happens is that you become forgiven. Totally and completely clean. A weight of shame and pain falls off of your shoulders when you realize that God, the most holy thing in the universe, no longer holds anything against you. Your sin is past, never to be mentioned again. Your shame is gone. Your guilt can be left at the cross because Jesus totally and completely forgave you. So don't allow anyone to put it back on you. Don't put it back on yourself. I know too many people who walk around with their kind of attitude-wise, at least, with their their head down, feeling like they're a second-class citizen because they did stupid things. Every single human being has done stupid and sinful things. But Jesus has the authority and the compassion to forgive. And so when you put your faith and trust in Him... You don't have to carry it around anymore. You're clean. You're free. We have a deacon who always proclaims, and you know who I'm talking about, he is sweet and innocent, he says. The reality is, yes, he is innocent, but not because of him, because of Jesus. And I want you to remind you of that. So, listen, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, that's one of the great things that happens. Oh, there's a lot more. You get a life worth living here on earth. You get heaven afterwards. You get a task. You get a spiritual gift. You feel like you're part of something that really counts and matters and makes a difference in the world. But your sin is gone. It's past. So accept God's forgiveness today by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And then number two, make the decision to love all people unconditionally. All people. The focus word is all. Everybody loves somebody. The difference for Christians is that we love everybody like Jesus did. So make the decision. And it's a decision. If you're waiting for your heart to come in line, it's probably not going to come automatically. you got to make the decision. I'm going to choose, with God's help, through the power of the Spirit, to love everybody unconditionally. And then number three, move from faith to action. Don't just have faith. Don't just talk faith. Let your faith in God and your love for people lead you to action. Do something. Because you are a believer in Jesus, do something on a regular basis that shows your faith in God and your love for people. 
find a hurting person this week and find a way to love them. Join one of our many ministries that is designed to show God's love and then God's truth and jump in and get involved. That's the heart and the attitude and the character of Jesus. And as his followers, that's our heart as well. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.